guys welcome back to typically peachy how's everybody doing happy thursday i hope that your week's been going well mine's been pretty good pretty busy but busy's good sometimes so i guess that's what's new with me we've been staying busy we've been getting a lot done but we've definitely still been making time to relax to decompress that's pretty much what i did this past weekend which was phenomenal I spent a lot of time on my couch, not doing a whole lot, just watching TV, truly relaxing. Also, if you guys are gamers out there at all, the new game Starfield came out last week. And I myself am not a gamer, but I do love space. So on Friday, we did check out the game. We made some space-themed drinks to have, which was actually really fun. And they were beautiful drinks. You guys, something that you need to get if you like making cocktails at home, is edible glitter that you can add to drinks. We got that, and it made the drinks look so cool. Very galaxy-like. I've seen some restaurants do that, like put glitter at the top of the cocktail for specialized drinks, and now we can do that ourselves from the comfort of our own home. So I'm pretty excited about that. Other than that, of course, we watched some football this weekend. USC knocked it out of the park against Stanford, but I guess I couldn't have it all because even though my college team won on Saturday, my NFL team, the Vikings, lost on Sunday. So a win and a loss, so I guess it balances each other out, but it was still fun to watch both games, fun to get into it, fun to go to bars, fun to be a fan, the whole thing. And then the only other really, I guess, notable thing that we did this weekend On Sunday, we had a cute little morning. We walked to go get bagels and coffee. And then we went to go by the lake and sat there and ate with a beautiful view. It was nice weather. And as we all know, summer is coming to an end. We officially declared it fall on this podcast as of last week. So any last bit of nice weather where we can be outside, I will take it and I will run with it. So that's what we did. And I'm really happy that we did because for the rest of the day... We pretty much did nothing except for watch the game. But I feel like I really needed a weekend like this, so I am glad that I got to have my restart a bit. That's really it for what's new with me. But before we get into the rest of this episode, I just have to give a shout out to my brother and my dad because both of their birthdays are next week. My brother's birthday is on Monday the 18th. My dad's birthday is on Wednesday the 20th. If you know them tell them happy birthday. If you don't know them, just wish them a happy birthday from afar because they both deserve all the love, all the celebration. They're the best. I love them so much. If you two are listening, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. I love you guys. Now, let's get into the rest of this episode and right into what's hot this week. I don't know if you guys heard, but Olivia Rodrigo's new album came out. Her album Guts. I listened to the whole thing. I really liked it. Of course, I have personal favorites on it. I will share one with you in a bit. But first off, I just want to say, I find it so incredibly impressive that I guess she's been able to keep the momentum that she's had since Driver's License. Very soon after Driver's License came out, she released Sour. And let me look when that came out. May 21st, 2021, she released Sour. 
and now it is September 2023 and she's released Guts. Within that time frame, and I know 2021 to 2023, that's two years, but it felt like within it, her music was as relevant as ever. People were still playing sour songs, across TV, on the radio, streaming. When Vampire came out from Guts, I was a big fan. It's on the playlist. I just feel like there's been consistent momentum. I don't feel like the hype for her has died out at all, which I don't think that it should. Because I really like this album, and I haven't really seen that much else about what people are saying about it. So I thought maybe we could look up some opinions together. I found an article from Pitchfork that is titled, Five Takeaways from Olivia Rodrigo's New Album, Guts. First off, they remind us that four days after the release of Driver's License, that song broke Spotify's record for most one-day streams for a non-holiday song. It debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and stayed there for eight weeks. And then this article also says that if anyone thought the success of Driver's License was a fluke, Rodrigo's debut album, Sour, proved that she was more than a happy accident. She became the first artist in history to have her first three singles in the top 10 of the Hot 100 and took home three Grammys, including Best New Artist. So what's a girl to do when her music career starts at the top of the charts? Spill her guts. Which I just want to talk about that sentiment for a second, because I find it to be really interesting. If you do start on top, like Pitchfork is calling out here, which is absolutely true, her first song had a wild amount of success. Her first album did fantastic. So then to put out another album, if I would have been her, I feel like I would just almost be scared about the response because you started at such a high. It's like, how do you keep going up and up and up and up? But like I said, I feel like she has not lost the momentum at all. Let's read on some more from Pitchfork. Now 20, Rodrigo described her sophomore album Guts as one of growing pains. She wrote in a statement, I feel like I grew 10 years between the ages of 18 and 20. It was such an intense period of awkwardness and change. She chronicled all the messy ups and downs across 12 songs that range from Key His Car pop punk to chipper new wave kiss-offs to lordish ballads for the young and wistful. So Pitchfork calls out that one takeaway is letters to a young poet. When Rodrigo sat down at her piano to write new music last year, she spent several months overwhelmed by the aforementioned pressures. On the last album, I was so inspired. I was going through this heartbreak, excavating so much shit from my brain. And this time, I was like, huh, I don't really feel as inspired. I'm not crying on the guitar anymore. And so it was kind of a lesson in having to think of it more as a craft. Along the way, she took a poetry class at the University of South California. I feel like that meant to say Southern. If so, shout out. And received guidance from two of her musical heroes, St. Vincent and Jack White. The latter wrote her a letter saying that Rodrigo's, quote, only job is to write music that she would want to hear on the radio. Rodrigo later noted that actually doing that is, quote, in fact, very hard. Another takeaway from Pitchfork, still brutal out here. Guts focuses on good old-fashioned emotional turmoil. 
when Rodrigo sings of a bloodsucker while channeling her inner Gerard Way on the lead single Vampire, she's taking aim at an older ex who capitalized on her success while also extending a hand to anyone who has felt taken advantage of in a relationship. Rodrigo declares on the delicious opener All-American Bitch, I know my age and I act like it, which begins as a folksy satire about double standards before turning up the volume and unleashing a rager complete with a long scream. Pitchfork's next takeaway, it's a familiar playbook. Like its predecessor, Guts is filled with bratty pop-punk bangers, hooky alt-right homages, and introspective piano ballads with room for belting. Several songs were recorded live alongside a full band, including the kooky rap rock revenge number Get Him Back. Pitchfork's fourth takeaway... Who thinks 39 minutes is too short? When Rodrigo first announced Guts' tracklist, some fans were upset by the album's 39-minute runtime, complaining that she was fleecing her audience. Though overstuffed records have become the unfortunate norm due to streaming, any longer would be unnecessary. Even at 39 minutes, there are clear highlights. The rock-influenced tracks and sleepier moments, some of the ballads but the backlash may lead to what fans ultimately want, which is more music. Rodrigo has been hinting at four original bonus tracks on the deluxe edition, in a Swiftian manner, via clues in a faux infomercial. And the last takeaway from this publication were future Instagram captions, courtesy of Olivia. The ones that they called out are as follows. Said I was too young, I was too soft, can't take a joke, Can't You Get Off, from the song Logical, Everything I Do Is Tragic, Every Guy I Like Is Gay, from the song Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl. He said he's six foot two, and I'm like, dude, nice try, from the song Get Him Back. When am I going to stop being wise beyond my years and just start being wise, from the song Teenage Dream. And lastly, I'm planning out my wedding with some guy I'm never marrying, from the song, Love is Embarrassing. All lyrics that I am sure Pitchfork is right we will be seeing in captions one day in the future. So, there you go. That is some initial opinions from a publication. Everyone that I've talked to about it so far has been liking it. Of course, I'm sure that there are people that don't like it as much as the first album. Maybe they like it more. Who knows? But either way, give it a listen, see what you guys think. I was just happy to have new music from her. I think she is wildly talented, so I'm glad we got a whole new album. The next thing for What's Hot, I'm going to keep this very short and very sweet because I will be talking about it once I see it. But the story is, is that there is a new four-part series coming out on Apple TV+, Plus, one that I am very excited about. It is called The Supermodels. The Supermodels being Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, and Christy Turlington. If you guys are interested at all in the fashion industry, these iconic women that changed the game of modeling, changed elements of fashion, had so much influence on the entire industry, and I personally think beyond. The first episode is coming on September 20th, Again, shout out, that's my dad's birthday. I will definitely talk to you guys about it once I watch it. 
But if you want to get excited about it, there is a trailer out. But I just wanted to make sure it was on your guys' radar if you're at all interested because they were also on the cover of Vogue for this month. There was a fantastic interview within the pages. Pick up your copy of Vogue if you haven't read that yet. Definitely an article to check out. And honestly, just an iconic copy to have. Alright guys, that's it for what's hot. Now let's get right into what's good. This week, what I really wanted to talk about was a different podcast, actually. Not one of my own, but one that I recently listened to that I feel like got a lot of traction, a lot of headlines came from it, and this is the podcast Podcrushed. The hosts of this podcast are Penn Badgley, Yes Dan from Gossip Girl, Nava Kavalin, and Sophie Ansari. I've never heard their podcast before, but because of their recent guest, of course I had to check it out. And their recent guest was another cast member of Gossip Girl, Taylor Momsen, who played Jenny Humphrey, of course Dan Humphrey's sister. So Penn Badgley, Taylor Momsen, Dan and Jenny together on a podcast. It was definitely something that at least personally I was very excited for. I feel like a lot of people were pretty excited for it, if you're a Gossip Girl fan at least, which as you guys know, I am a big, big fan. Maybe big actually isn't big enough of a word to describe how big of a fan I am. I've told you guys this before, but I have rewatched this show so many times. I am currently in the process of rewatching it. I think it's like the 10th time or something wild like that. I love it. I can't get enough of it. So hearing that these two were going to be on a podcast together, I needed to listen to the episode. And I am so glad that I did. One, because it was a great episode. It was really great. Taylor Momsen was a fantastic guest. These hosts are great, all three of them. But another reason why I was glad that I listened to it, because like I said, many headlines came out of this podcast episode. There was a lot of anticipation for it. And I just felt like the headlines that came out of it, or at least the ones that people were talking about, they weren't exactly, in my opinion, the most interesting parts of the episode. I saw some talk about the fact that Taylor Momsen was in The Grinch. She played Cindy Lou Who alongside Jim Carrey. And they talk about this, and in the episode, Taylor shares an experience that after she did this role... At some schools that she went to, people would refer to her as Grinch Girl, which obviously is terrible. So she talked about that, and she also talked about the fact that in many of the schools she went to, she kind of felt like she was always sort of by herself because she traveled a lot. She never really felt like she fit in in any of the groups. Even on Gossip Girl, she was kind of in between the age ranges, so she didn't really feel like she necessarily fit in with the cast. So it was definitely something that led to a larger conversation. But one of the most interesting parts that I felt was left out of a lot of the headlines from her story about her experience on The Grinch was that when she was doing that movie, she said that it was the first time that she was ever in a recording studio because there was a part in The Grinch where Cindy Lou Who is singing So they had to record that part for the movie. And if you guys don't know, Taylor Momsen, first and foremost, is a singer, an artist. She's a part of a band, The Pretty Reckless. So she explained that for her, 
going into that recording studio, putting on the headphones, recording music. It was such an influential part of her life that she did literally when she was like six years old that she felt like kind of sparked her passion and want to pursue music, which I felt like was so cool being able to have a childhood experience like that to point to that directly translates to what she's doing now. I thought that was something that she said on the podcast that definitely hasn't been picked up enough. And of course, the talking about the Gossip Girl parts, it was really fun to hear them talk about it together, to hear them share their experience with each other on the show, all of that. But I really felt, too, like the last 15 minutes of the interview were some of the best, most powerful parts of it. She's so interesting. I was glad she was on a platform like this where it really highlighted that because honestly, I just didn't really know her before. Of course, I knew her roles, but that's not who, you know, actors are. Actors are not their characters. So I don't know. It was cool to see more of her personality. And I found myself really wanting the interview to be longer, which is always a good sign if you want to keep listening to what you're listening to. So that is what's good for this week. If you guys haven't listened to it, whether you're a Gossip Girl fan or not, honestly, because like I said, some of the best parts about the interview I felt like weren't even about Gossip Girl. And I felt like the majority of the interview wasn't about Gossip Girl. So if you just want to hear an interesting person on an interesting podcast with interesting hosts, check out that episode. I really enjoyed it. Again, it is called Pod Crushed. And I'm guessing you can listen to it on all major platforms. I listen to it on Spotify, so feel free to check it out there. And one more thing for what's good. Of course, I'm recommending a song. And naturally, I have to recommend it from Olivia Rodrigo's new album, Guts. The song that I have been loving and playing over and over again is called Making the Bed by Olivia Rodrigo. As always, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good, on Spotify. Alright guys, let's bring it to need to know basis. This is an interesting topic that I was thinking about for this week, and it came about when I was having this kind of space-filled Friday, like I was saying. We were trying out Starfield, we were making our space drinks, and in conjunction with that, I reminded myself that I bought a coloring book quite a while ago that was a space-themed coloring book that I have never used, okay? So this coloring book has been in our apartment for probably months on end now. I always say I'm going to use the coloring book, I'm going to try out the coloring book, and I just never got to it. So I thought what better time than to use it in a thematic setting Space is all around me right now. Let's open up that coloring book and start coloring. And I know that the coloring book trend for adults has been going around for a couple years now, but I just never followed it. And I don't know why, because I always thought I should. I love coloring. I love designing. I love a lot of artistic things. Of course, I would love the coloring book trend. I loved coloring when I was a kid. From what I remember, I loved coloring books. So that's what inspired me to originally buy this coloring book in the first place. Even though I was late to the game here a little bit, I was sure 
that spending money on this coloring book was going to be a good idea because I knew I was going to love it. Well, I am here to report that I think I hate coloring books. What I have gathered, okay, is that drawing inside the lines actually aggravates me a little bit. Having to stay so precisely inside of one thing that's been drawn out for me, it just wasn't fun for me. I don't know, the whole time I was doing it, I was like, I wish that this was just a blank piece of paper. Truly, I just wanted freedom to do whatever I wanted on it. And granted, I know I did not actually have to stay in the lines, I could do whatever I wanted. But there's something about having lines there that make you feel like you definitely have to stay within them. Granted, when I did get to a certain point, I was like, I'm over this, I am blending everything here now. Also, I was using crayons, which I feel like maybe that was part of my issue. Like, if I were to do this again, and I'm telling you guys, I really don't know if I ever want to do it again, I was just like not having fun. But if I were to do it again, I think I would need to do it with watercolors. Because then it gives you kind of more of those blending options. You know, when you blend with crayons, it's like it kind of intentionally has to be streaky. Because you can't really blend colors that well, you know? But anyway, I wanted to share this realization with you guys. One, because I just thought it was funny. Like, who doesn't like coloring books? I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that really do dislike it for the same reason that I just said. The coloring inside the line thing. But I also wanted to talk about it because I find it funny that when you think for so long you're gonna like something and then you do it and you're like, wait, I don't think I like that. Or at least I must like a very different version of it. It's just like the expectations that you have for really small things that are really not met that I don't know that I've experienced that in quite some time. And I think maybe that's because like when you get older, you know what you like more and more. So you're not picking things to do that you already know off the bat you're not going to like to do. But a coloring book is a weird one because when you're a kid, you do it so much. And then it's like redoing something that you did as a kid and realizing that you didn't really like it. And then wondering did I like it as a kid? Or did I like going outside the lines as a kid? Did I like free drawing more? Did I like a blank sheet of paper? Which, looking back on it, I feel like I did like a blank sheet of paper more. Like, as a costume design major, of course, I got to have free range on pieces of paper all the time. I got to start from scratch, which I am realizing I much prefer. So if anyone out there listening doesn't like coloring books, doesn't like coloring within the lines, I completely understand you. Or if you do not hold this opinion, but you have recently had one of your own expectations for yourself not be met, and not in a dramatic way, guys, this is just coloring that we're talking about here, but it is, I don't know, almost kind of cool to find out something new about yourself doing an old activity. So maybe try some of your old activities that you used to do when you were younger and see how they resonate with you now. At the very least, I feel like it makes things make sense. Like why I like to do certain things 
what resonates more with me, some choices that I've made. Again, it's not that deep. But at least in the artistic area, I understand why I like a sketchbook over a coloring book. Some fun clarity for me to find in my 20s. Maybe you'll stumble upon something new or old about you. Pick up a coloring book, then color outside the lines. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Again, huge happy birthday shout out to my brother and my dad. I love you guys so much. I hope you have the best birthdays ever. Challenge for everyone to go try to find something to rediscover about yourself. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 